You're listening to the teaching ministry of Rhea Briscoe, a division of Snowdrop Ministries. For more information about Rhea or how to connect with Snowdrop Ministries, please visit our website at www.snowdropministries.com or you can call 414-581-8150. We pray you are both blessed and challenged by this teaching. I was traveling just about every weekend at the, the time that this happened. I don't know, Dave, what was it? Maybe 10 years ago, do you think? Um, and I was traveling every weekend, and my schedule was really, really busy, and I was tired, and I didn't get much time at home, and I rarely had an opportunity to, to go to church with my family. I was always on the road, and the, the, the day that this happened, it was a, a time when I actually was home for a change, and it was a Sunday morning, and, and we decided, it was just Dave and Kendall still at home, and, and, and the, the plan was to let me sleep in that morning, and I was going to, to join Dave and Kendall for the third service at Elmbrook. And, uh, and so they quietly slipped out of the house in the early morning hours. And, and Dave, who's a pastor at Elmbrook, went in and, and did his, he went in for first service, which starts early, and they let me sleep. And, and it wasn't long after they left that I woke up and, and I went downstairs to study and I was sitting by the fireplace studying. And, and then it came time for me to, to go get ready to go to church to meet with them. And I went upstairs stairs and it was so quiet in my house I just flipped on the television just for some background noise as I went in to get a shower to prepare to get ready for church and and I was when I flipped on the television I really like to cook it's, it's something that I enjoy doing and and so I couldn't help but notice it was the Food Network channel and at that time it was a, a, a woman who I really liked to watch and she happened to be on and she was making something really yummy and and so I was like huh I just think I'll sit here for a moment and, and watch her uh, make this recipe that she was working on. And, and so I, I sat down on my bed and I put my back against the backboard and I was sitting up in bed and, and I began to just watch this woman. And she has a, a, a really um, different sounding voice. You, she, it's, it's unmistakable that it's her. And, and so I was listening to her and kind of just chuckling inside it and listening to her voice. And, and, and you know, it's like no other. And, and, and I was captivated by what she was making and kind of thinking, could I make this? And, and so I was really uh, focused on the television. And as I continued to focus and, and hear me say this, that, that there is nothing about this girl that's freaky. I will tell you that if I say something, it is truth. I don't make anything up. I don't add anything to stories to make them appear better. I, I'm not this religious freak that, 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 that does this kooky stuff and, 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 and really says it's God if it's not God. I promise you that if I am attributing something to God, it's because it happened just exactly like I'm saying it. I give you my word on that. And because I, I want to tell you that because when I begin to tell you this story, you might think she's a little freaky and she's making this stuff up. But I promise you with every ounce of my being, it happened exactly like I'm going to describe it to you. And so as I began to, to, to as I continued to sit there and listen to this Food Network chef uh, tell her story and, 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 and begin to cook this recipe, her voice got further and further away. Even though I was seeing her on television, I, her voice just began 
to fade away into the background. And all of a sudden, I don't know if I fell asleep. I don't know if I was dreaming, but I'm going to tell you, I went from being absolutely 100% wide awake, focused on the Food Network chef, to now, all of a sudden, bam, I am in this place. And, and like I said, if you want to think I was dreaming, rock home with your bad self. I don't even know what was happening. I, I think it's like, who was it? The writer that said, I don't know if he was in the body or out of the body. But, but I will tell you, I don't know if I was in the body, out of the body. It doesn't really even matter to me. What matters is I'm telling you this forever impacted my life. And all of a sudden I'm in this place that I know, (laughs) I know that it's a place with God. And and I'm standing before what I know are angels. And you need to know that they weren't angels like we see depicted in pictures or or on television. It it was angels that I knew immediately they were angels, but they didn't look anything like. They didn't have wings and feathers, uh, but I knew they were angels. And I was, I was moving in front of these angels like a general surveying its troops. And, and I was moving in front of them and they were singing the most beautiful music I have ever heard in my life. I promise you that if Mozart was living and he had heard that, 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 that music, he would not even be able to put it to score. It was the most incredible music I had ever in my life heard. It was, it was unlike anything. Kelsey sings like an angel, but I promise you it was 20 million times better. It was unbelievable. It was was nothing like I had ever heard before. And this music came with such peace that I was, it was unlike I had ever experienced in my life. And the sense of love that I felt. I knew that I was loved at a depth that I had never experienced before. I know that Dave loves me, but I'm telling you, it didn't even compare to Dave. Dave's love didn't even compare to what I was experiencing that day. And there was such a sense of well-being. There was such a sense of, I never want to leave this place again. And up until that time, I will tell you that that I would say that I was saved and I was going to heaven, but I, I was not in any big hurry to get there because you see, I I have, I have seven children and I love them dearly and, and I, I love my man and I wasn't in any hurry to leave any of them. And, but, but that day I will tell you that I knew that what I was experiencing was of God and I never in my life wanted to leave that place. It was peace that I can't even begin to tell you. Experienced at such a level that I can't even describe to you. And in my mind, I'm thinking this, I must be dead. Dave is going to come home from work and he's going to find my body on the bed and everything is going to be okay. I didn't have concerns about my children. I didn't have concerns about Dave. All I knew was this was better than anything I had ever experienced in my life. And so I continued to to go before this of what I knew was a line of angels and the music was unbelievable and I was surveying, I was just moving in front of them. My feet weren't on the ground, but I was passing in front of them and I got to to the very last angel and this angel was different than all the other angels and somehow I knew that this was the one with the most authority, that this was a head angel, if you will. And and when I got to him, uh, the music stopped and all of a sudden he began to just this this 
beautiful sound came from, from the core, uh, 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 came from him, from his being, and it shot into the core of my being, and it went down in deep inside of me, and with it came such peace, and, and such just a feeling of safety and security, and, 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 and as he sang, his hand came down, and he touched my mouth. And from there, it went down to my chest. And when I went down to my chest, my body went from a, a position of being, uh, what is this? Vertical position to now a prone position. And I was now in a prone position. Don't try to understand it. I experienced it and I don't understand it, but I'm telling you, it is the absolute truth. And, and when I came into this prone position, I was there and all of a sudden from behind me, I knew it was God. I don't know how I knew it was God, but I knew this was God. And it came up around me and what felt like wings came in around me and it, it covered my body from my waist up and, and, and I'm still in that prone position and, and, and those wings came around me and then I went back into what I knew was God. And I felt like I was going back into the depth of him. Are you with me? And this sense of well-being, this sense of safety and security that I can't even begin to put words to just overwhelmed me. And as I laid there in him, I thought, I don't ever want to leave this place, this place of safety. This pl I had never felt safe in my life. As a little girl growing up, I had always struggled with insecurity. I had always struggled with feeling safe and, and truly loved. And I'm telling you, in that moment... All of that went out the window. I knew that I was safe. I knew that I was loved deeply. And I knew that I was secure. I was secure and that nothing could harm me. I knew it. And there was just, I did not ever, ever want to leave there. And as quick as that happened, I will tell you, I had communication. It wasn't me talking. I would think something, and then immediately I would have the answer. And my thought was, what is this, Lord? And immediately came the answer. You are hidden with God in Christ Jesus. I knew that was a scripture. I had that one memorized. And then as quickly as that answer came, all of a sudden, I, I, I began to slip away. And I knew, I knew, I can't tell you how I knew, but I knew that I was going back home. But my body was still there, but I could feel my spirit slipping away. And yet I could see my body there. And the thought was, Lord, what is that? I know that I'm going back, but, but what is that? Why am I still there if I'm going back? Why am I still seeing my body there? Because this is the position you're always in, Rhea. You are hidden with God in Christ Jesus. This is the position you live in, Rhea. And I remember feeling that body, that spirit slipping away. And, and my thought was, no, 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 no. I don't want to go back. And as quickly as all that happened, all of a sudden there was this thud. And I mean a thud like I have never, ever experienced in my life. And my body now was on my bed laying down. Remember, I started propped up against the backboard and I'm laying down and all of a sudden this thud and it was like hitting a concrete wall and this bam and my body shook. 
and I opened my eyes and I was in my bedroom and I jumped. I, I jumped from my bed and into the bathroom. I ran and I sat with my head, in be, with my head uh, just in between my hands like, Lord, what was that? But all I knew is the music was already starting to fade. The music that I never wanted to forget, I couldn't hold on to any longer. The love that I felt so deep within me, I couldn't, I couldn't keep my, I couldn't keep a hold of any longer. It was all fading. And I was like, Lord, please let me hang on to that. Please don't ever let me forget this. And already it was fading. And as I sat there that morning, I was like, Lord, what did I just experience? I can't tell anybody. Nobody is ever going to believe this. This is, this is unbelievable. And yet I knew, I knew what I had experienced. And I thought, you know me. I can't keep anything to myself. I don't care what people think about me. I'm going to tell this. But it took me a long time to even tell Dave. And, but I was so shaken by it. I can't even tell you what it did to the depth of my being. And so I began to just search the scriptures because I'm like, Lord, I know what I experienced. I know, I know that it was real. And so you have got to take me to the scripture that backs this up. And that's when I began to study Psalm 91. Psalm 91 talks about being hidden under the shelter of his wing. And that began a quest. And I, I lived in that passage for a very long time. I studied Colossians where it says, for you have died and your life now is hidden with Christ in God. And that's where the book came from. That's where Run for Cover really was birth, was out of that vision. I have yet to find out if that vision will ever make the book or if the editors will cut that before it ever goes to print. But I'm telling you, they can't stop my, they can't stop my DVD. And I'm telling you that heaven is absolutely real, that God is absolutely real. No one could ever convince me that he's not. And that place is such a place of love. It's such a place of security. It's such a place of safety. I, I left that place that day. Leslie and I had been praying for months prior to that. We had been praying that don't ever let us fear man, Lord. That you've got to deliver us from the fear of man. You see, if, if I'm going to preach and I fear man, I will change my message to please man. Are you, are you with me? And so I knew that I had to be delivered from the fear of man. I knew that in order to proclaim God's word in the way that he had called me to proclaim it, I need it free from the fear of man. And so Leslie and I had been praying for quite a long time prior to that. Lord, deliver us from the fear of man. Help us to fear you more than we fear anything else. And so that day, I will tell you, I felt like he delivered me from the fear of man because I understood that that place is a place of security. What you think about me cannot affect me. What you say to me can't hurt me because I am hidden with God in Christ Jesus. I am secure in him. I am safe in him. Do you understand that? That's the position as believers that we are always in. We function here on earth in a body, but we are seated in the heavenlies with him. We are hidden with God in Christ Jesus. And whether you believe that story or not does not even bother me. I don't care. I, I'm not here to convince you uh, that it's true. I know it's true. My husband will tell you it's changed my life. 
And that's where Psalm 91 really began to come alive for me. If you have your Bibles, you can open them to Psalm 91, verse 1. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the of the Almighty. What does it mean to dwell? That word dwell there. I began to just really look that up and I want to just to tell you the definition in the Hebrew. It means to dwell. It means to remain, to sit, to abide. It means to sit down. It means to have one's abode. It means to cause to be inhabited. And you need to know that there are a number of words for dwell. In this particular verse, we see two of them. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty, will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. That word abide and that word dwell, they're, they're both really words for, for dwell. There are, are numerous uh, Hebrew words for dwell. These are two of them. And I want to look at them in depth tonight because it's vital that we get this understanding before we can move any farther in the passage itself. Uh, the, there are two words there. The first one, he who dwells, is yeshav. And, 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 and that is indeed dwell. It means to have one's abode. But it comes with a sense of permanency. It, 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 it's a permanent thing. It's... I I'm dwelling here, I'm staying here. Are you with me? He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide. That's another word for dwell, but this one is loon. And that word loon, it means uh, to pass the night, to lodge, to abide, to remain. Only this word, it gives the idea of transience, of impermanence. It, it, you're dwelling in a place of rest for you, but it's transitory. It's, it's not permanent. I can make the decision to leave that place of rest or to go back into that place of rest. Are you with me? So he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High shall rest, shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. That word loon is what I really want to look at because unlike dwell, it, it does not give a sense of permanency. I have a choice if I abide or not. And, and so I want to look at it. If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 30, verse 5. It's a familiar scripture to you, I'm sure. It's the scripture that says, weeping will endure for a moment or for a, a night, but joy comes in the morning. Weeping endures. That word endure is the word loon. It's the same word for abide in Psalm 91.9. Are you following me? And, and what that passage is saying is weeping and lamentation may come. It will be a part of your life. It may endure for a night, but it's not a permanent state. You're coming out on the other side of it. You're not dwelling and living in that state of sadness for the rest of your life. That should bring you a lot of comfort. If you're going through a hard time right now, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. It's, it might be here. You might be living in it right now, but it is not a permanent place. It's the same word that's used for, for he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide, loon, not a permanent place in the shadow of the Almighty. You say, well, Rhea, why is that not permanent? Because I can decide if I want to remain there or not. It's a shelter of the Most High, but I make the decision whether I want to remain in that place of safety, of protection, of security or not. 
That word loon, again, the word for abide in Psalm 91.1, is also used in Psalm 25.13. I, I want to bring these other scriptures in, into play here so that you can really get a feel for what that word abide means. So turn over to Psalm 25.13. It says, who is the man who reverently fears and worships the Lord? Him shall he teach the way that he should choose. He himself shall dwell, there's the word, that means abide, temporary state, at ease, and his offspring shall inherit the land. Look at that, he shall dwell at ease. Now, if you did not look at that word in the original language, you might say, because I love the Lord, I'm going to dwell at ease. It's a promise from the word of God, wouldn't you? But, but you see, that's not what it means. If you look up the word in the Hebrew, it's that word abide. It means it's a temporary place. I'll have a time, uh, maybe I'll lodge overnight at ease, but it's not going to be a permanent state for me. I won't ever live at ease until I get to heaven. Are you with me? Because Jesus himself says in this world, we will have trouble. Not we might, we will. We were not guaranteed a life at ease, but there are times that, that we can really abide and remain at ease. We can, we can really find our, 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 we can lodge at ease for a time being, but it's not a permanent state. That's that same word. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And don't get me wrong, when we get to heaven, we will abide, we'll remain, we'll yashav forever at ease. But right now, here on earth, it, it, it won't be a permanent thing. Again, it's a choice. Where, do, where am I going to choose to lodge? Well, we just went to Pennsylvania over Christmas uh, to visit our family, and I made a choice where I was going to lodge. I went to the Holiday Inn Express, and, and we made a choice. It was a temporary stay, but we lodged at the Holiday Inn. Are you with me? We made a choice there to, to go there and stay. And you and I make a choice where we're going to lodge, where we're going to remain. You have a choice. I have a choice. He who dwells, who lives in the shadow of the Almighty will dwell, abide, rest under the shelter of his wing. That place of protection. You see, we seek security. We seek safety. We all want that sense of safety. We want to feel secure. But, but you cannot find that outside of the Lord. I, I know that. I know that with every ounce of my being. I checked every place else. No man will ever love you enough. I have the best. And he still doesn't do it for me. No child will ever fulfill you enough. We have seven. It's a perfect number. And they still don't do it for me. You will never be thin enough. You'll never be pretty enough. You'll never be successful enough. You will never have enough money in the bank. You cannot find security in the things of this world. Only Jesus can do that for you. We look for security. We look for safety in the things of this world. Some of you, you, you're so full of anxiety. You're so full of fear and you numb that. You want to feel safe and so you can't feel safe. So you drink yourself to death or you drug yourself to death so you don't have to feel. Can I tell you what you're looking for can only be found in Jesus. He is a place of safety. He's a place of protection. He is a place of security. He is your hiding place. He is your shelter from the destroyer. He is the only safe place. We think we can find safety in relationships. Relationships will disappoint you. Even the best will disappoint you. You can't find that safety and that security in any person. It can only be found in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
but we look for it in so many other sources. I like the Amplified. It says, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will remain secure and rest in the shadow of the Almighty whose power no enemy can withstand. You see, dwellers are secure and they rest no matter what the circumstances are going on around them because they understand who's in control and they understand that the one who has them, the one who they're dwelling with, the shelter of the Most High, has a power that no enemy can withstand. So I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're facing. But you see, here is where we go wrong. And the Lord is so working in my life right now to really flesh this out. You see, sometimes we have circumstances that go on around us that cause us pain, that cause us anxiety, that we worry and fret over. And it really robs us of peace. It robs us of that feeling of safety and security. But when we are in that secret place of the Most High, when, when Psalm 91 is talking about that, it's talking about dwelling in the presence of God. Remaining in the presence of God, living in that place of awareness that He is with you, that He is faithful, that He is good, that you are secure in Him, that you are safe with Him. You see, we talk about God. We go to church on Sunday morning. We, we might read our Bible. We never, miss, we never miss Bible study or Sunday school. And we can quote some scripture and we can, we can talk about God. But I wonder if we really realize how safe we are with Him. What kind of shelter He is for us. You see, that's the difference between just talking about God and truly experiencing him. But when we get to that place, my mama used to say, Rhea, get to the spout where the glory comes out. Get in the presence of God. Talk to him throughout your day. Focus on him in the morning. My family will tell you when I'm in the word in the morning and when I'm not. It shows in my personality. It shows when I'm not in his presence, when I haven't been in that secret place with him. He who dwells in the shelter in the presence of the most high God, the most high. There is none other higher. Can I tell you, when we prayed for Caitlin, I prayed for the one who is most high. He is not just high. He is most high. He's above all things. We run to the shelter of the most high God. He who dwells, that word dwell there is different than the loon, the one we've been looking at. It's Yasab. And, and, and you can turn to Psalm 47.8. I want to flesh that one out for you. Psalm 47.8 says, God reigns over the nations and he's seated on the, his holy throne. That word seated, it's Yasab. It means he's, he's seated. It's a permanent position. He's not going anywhere. Can I tell you, God is on the throne. He is on the throne. The God we prayed to for Caitlin is on the throne and he's not going anywhere. He rules. He is an authority over all. And that word is Yasab. It means it's a permanent position. Not only is his throne permanent, Oh, it's holy. And that word holy is permanent. That throne can't be corrupted. It can't be destroyed. Oh, can I tell you, God rules. And he who dwells, it's a permanent position. In the shelter of the Most High, it's a shelter. It's a place of protection. 
It's a promise. This is a psalm. This psalm is a promise to us. Do you know that in the Bible, we have conditional promises and unconditional promises. The Bible's full of them. And you have to be sure that when you're standing on a promise and you're believing God to do something for you, that you understand the difference between a conditional promise and an unconditional promise. Psalm 91 is a conditional promise. A conditional promise is something that there has to be a condition met before the promise can be fulfilled. An unconditional promise doesn't come with a, with a condition that needs to be met. An example of an unconditional promise is uh, the scripture that says um, that he will never leave us or forsake us. That's just a promise. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, I promise you God has said, he's promised, he'll never leave you or forsake you. It doesn't matter if you're bad. It doesn't matter if you're naughty. It doesn't matter if you're full of sin. You have a God who's with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. You can call on him and he'll answer. No condition. But here's a, here's a scripture that, that has a condition. The word says that, come to me, all you who weary and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. What's the condition there? Come to him. He promises to give you rest, but the condition is you have to come to him if you want the rest. Do you see the difference between a conditional promise and an unconditional promise? Psalm 91 is a conditional promise. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest under the shadow of the Almighty. What's the condition? That we become dwellers, that we dwell, that we abide, that we remain in his presence. And when we do, here is, here's what happens. We will abide under the the shelter, under the shadow, the protection of the Almighty. When I was a little girl growing up, I always said I walked in my brother's shadow. <laughs> he was always close by. He, he watched over me. He protected me. You mess with me, you're going to mess with my big brother. And Because I was in his shadow. Are you with me? And you and I are under the shelter. Uh, when we are in the shelter of the Most High, we're under the protection of the Almighty. That word Almighty there is El Shaddai. It's the all-sufficient one. I love that. Uh, that word, we see it, it's used in, in Ruth, and it always tickles me. You know the story of Naomi and Ruth, and Naomi was bitter. They, 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 she actually came into uh, town after she had lost her husband. She had lost her sons, and she was with her daughter-in-law, Ruth, and, and she was bitter. She had been through the ringer, and, and she was bitter with God about it, and, and so People didn't recognize her, and they said, is that Naomi? And she said, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara, for, for the Almighty has made me bitter, or has done me dirty, basically. And, and she uses the word Almighty there, and, she, and that word is El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. And that always tickles me, because you want to say, oh, Naomi, come on. You, you say the all-sufficient one, the one who is all-sufficient for every need I have, has let me down. <laughs> Can I tell you, he is all-sufficient. Whatever need you have, I promise you, he will be everything you need him to be when you need him to be everything he is. He is the great I am. Whatever you have need of, he answers, I am. I'll be that for you. He is El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest under the shadow of the all-sufficient one. 
You are being protected. You are in the presence of the one who will be everything you need him to be. He is all sufficient for whatever need you have. Is there any better place to run? Is there any better place to run? God is our shelter. He says, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High. I love to go running at Frame Park. I don't know if you're familiar with Frame Park. It's a little, a little park near my home in Waukesha, and it's beautiful. It has about a two-mile track, a, a, a walking path around this beautiful lake. And, and I love to go there in the spring and summer and, and either walk or run. And, and, and I go there often. And, and I've been there a million times, and I've noticed the ducks in the, in the, in the river. I've noticed the in you know the, the the playground and they have tennis they have um volleyball courts they've got picnic tables I've seen all of that and but but I never really noticed the shelters that they had scattered throughout that park and it's probably because I never needed to use them but one day I was running and and I had been about maybe a mile and a half from my car and it was parked way over on the other side of the river and all of a sudden it got really dark and and the clouds came out and and next thing I know there was thunder and lightning and it began to downpour and and I didn't have enough time to get back to my car and I kind of panicked because it was it was a lot of thunder and lightning and, and I didn't know what to do. And I looked up and there was a big shelter right before me. And I never noticed how they were scattered throughout that park. They were strategically placed there. Obviously, somebody was thinking. And, but, but that day, in the middle of that storm, I ran for cover underneath one of those shelters. And while I was sitting in the shelter, I was sitting on top of one of the picnic tables. I really, I was watching the rain just come, it was pouring. It was raining cats and dogs and it was thundering and, and you could see the lightning. And, but you see, while I was in that shelter, I could see the effects of the storm, but I was not affected by it. Do you see the difference? I, I could see it was pouring down, but it wasn't pouring on me. I was aware that it was thundering and lightning and it was storming like crazy, but I was sheltered from the effects of it. And as I sat there that day, I was thinking about Psalm 91 and how he says, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High God. Can I tell you, he is a shelter for us. You can be in a storm, a major storm in your life. Liz and her family are in a major storm right now, but they know where to run. They've run to the shelter of the Most High God, and it may still be storming around them, but I'm going to tell you what, they are, they are sheltered by the Most High God. There is no safer place to be. But you see, just like that day when I was running at Frame Park, I had to make the choice to run for cover. I could have ran back to my car and I would have been drenched by that storm. I would have felt the effects of that storm, but I made the choice to run for cover. And you and I have got to make the choice in the storms of life, in the day-to-day -day routine in life, to run for cover. You see, there is only one most high. There is only one all-sufficient one. I don't care what your wife is like. I don't care what your husband is like. I don't care how good your best friend is. I don't care how big your bank account is. There is only one who is all-sufficient, and his name is Jesus. 
Are you running to him for what you need? You see, no drug will drug you up enough. You can't get drunk enough to stop the pain. Only Jesus can do it for you, but you've got to make the choice to run for cover to the shelter, the protection, the safety. Oh, let me read it to you in the Amplified one more time. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will remain secure and rest in the shadow of the Almighty whose power no enemy can withstand. Do you believe that he has power that no enemy can withstand? Do, do you really believe that? You see, we got to get that deep within our being that no matter what the enemy brings at us, because he will, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his mission in life. He wants to bring you down. He wants to render you and I ineffective for Christ. And so he brings storms in our life. He brings garbage in our life. He tries to distract us from the shelter of the Most High. He tries to lead us away. He tries to keep us from running for cover because he understands the protection that's in that place. When I was a little girl growing up, I had uh, uh, two of my cousins, their name was Doug and Dave, and they were my best friends, and, and they lived across the street from my grandmother's house, and, and I always went down to my grandma's to play. I, I loved to be there, and, and inevitably, when I was there, I would go across the street and go play with my, my cousins, Dave and Doug, and I loved to go there because they had this hideout, and it was it was great. It, it was this little red uh, playhouse, and, and it had like white shutters on, on, on the windows, and it had a door that we could lock, and that was important because when my grandma came looking for chores to be done, she had a hard time finding us. And, and, and we had this, uh, this sign on the door. It said, do not enter. This means you. I loved it. Because somehow I thought if I was in that playhouse, if I was in that hideout, I was safe. Nobody, would, Grandma could not find me. Can I tell you, we have a hideout. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, the shelter, that word means hiding place. Do you know that there's a hiding place in him where you are safe from the enemy? Whose power, can I tell you, he has got power that no enemy can withstand. Do you believe that? Do you believe that your God is able to deliver you? Do you believe that your God has more power than anything the enemy could form against you? You see, that's what I'm praying for, Caitlin. I'm praying that what the enemy has formed against this family, that, they, that he finds out that they are messing with a God whose power no enemy can withstand. Do you believe that? You see, we have got to make a choice, church, that we'll either be moved by the storm that's going on around us or we will run for cover. I'm in a storm right now in my life where, where I can go in and out. You see that place of abiding? I told you this is important, that, that, that it is a place that's not permanent. I have a choice whether I'm going to abide and remain in that safety and in that protection of God or whether I'm going to step out from under it. It's like an umbrella. If I had an umbrella here tonight and it was raining, I could stay under the protection of the umbrella or I could hold the umbrella out here and get drenched. I have to make the choice to run for cover. Are you with me? And every day of our life, church, you see, just because you can talk about Jesus, 
Just because I can quote some scripture, just because we can pray up a storm, does not mean we know how to run for cover. It doesn't mean that we really understand the protection. I'm not preaching a sermon because I put it together. I'm telling you, I am living this in my life. I'm seeing the difference. I'm asking the Lord to teach me. I really want to get this because I can dart in and out of his presence. Oh, Dave, I got to tell the story. Dave and I had voles. Anybody ever have voles in your yard? Oh, Dave is the best gardener in the whole wide world. I, I, it's just, it's just the, the English man in him. He is really good at gardening and our lawn is impeccable all the time, and, and I really like it. I, I, like, I like that we have such a beautiful lawn. He keeps the, the shrubbery manicured, and it's so funny. When Dave goes out to start mowing the lawn, everybody starts coming out, all the guys on the street. It's like a, it's like a competition, who has the best lawn, and it's me. And it's because I have a really good gardener, and, and I love it. And I, I, when he mows the lawn, and I'm like, oh, baby, look at that. Nobody mows the lawn like you do. He takes this seriously, and, and I really like it. And I like to sit on the front porch and just look at my lawn because there's like straight lines it's beautiful and it's like carpet he's got our grass looking like carpet and so I like it but last summer our carpet kind of disappeared and there were all these little tunnels like all through our lawn that looked dead and so there were like little things going in and out of our lawn that were dead our lawn just had like paths that were dead and I was ticked off. I was like, what is going on here? And all of a sudden, I was out one night, and, and our shrubs started to die. We have these yews in front of our house, and they were beautiful and green, and all of a sudden, the, the needles started falling off of them. And, and we're like, what is going on? And so I'm out there with my hose, and I'm watering these yews, and all of a sudden, this little thing popped its head up. And I looked, and I squirted the hose at it. Thus began... The battle, Rhea against the voles. Asked Dave, I nearly, it was a battle, was it not, Dave? I, poor Dave, I would come in at night and say, I, mean, I felt like I wanted sticks of dynamite. I was like looking for somebody who'd give me, I could stick them in their little holes because we tried everything. We called an exterminator. I set traps. I found the stinky little powder that you put in the holes. I tried everything to destroy these voles. And you know what they would do? They would aggravate the daylights out of me. I'd be out watering and they'd poke his head up. It was almost like it was like me against them. They'd see me and it became this, this game. Just try to get me. And I'd do the hose, or I'd get something and stuff down in there. I'm just telling you, I was trying, I was trying. But they would duck. They would duck for cover, and I could not get them. It didn't matter how many traps I set. It didn't matter how much poison I put out. I could not kill them. Dave, to this day, we still have voles. They got up under our shrubs. They ate out the roots, and now our shrubs are dying. And we cannot kill those little things. We can't. I'm trying. And they aggravate me by popping their heads up and then popping back down in just as quick as I could get them. I can try to step on them. I can block their hole, and they'll pop up someplace else. They know how to run for cover. And they're safe in those little tunnels because they know I can't access them there. Well, I learned about God watching my voles. Because that's what I do for the enemy. I, I don't just pop up. I come trucking over to his hose and say, go ahead and shoot me. I don't know how to duck for cover. I don't know how to run for the shelter of the Most High. I give him access to my life. And we've got to learn to run for cover. 
And see, some of you, you're in a hard time right now in your life and you're not choosing to run for cover. You're just out in the open where the enemy can get you. And the Bible says that there's a place of safety in God, a place of in his presence. You see, I've been sharing with you week after week about this, this thing that I'm going through in my life that's so painful. And, and it's really, I, I could really get ugly inside dealing with it and, and not choosing God's way. I have a choice every day in my life. Will I respond Christ-like or will I respond in my flesh? And, and I'm learning, I'm learning that God's way is always the right way. That when I run for cover, what that means to me is that I run to his word. I I run and I'm willing to say, Lord, I'm getting in your presence and I'm going to do what you tell me to do. I'm going to follow your word. It doesn't make sense to me right now. I don't understand why you're asking me to do this, but I am understanding that this is a place of protection for me. It's a place of safety for me. I I can remain in this place and I can be free from the enemy's tactics. It's a hiding place for me. Do not end. This means you, enemy of my soul. And when I'm in that place, it's a place of safety for me. Let me flesh it out for you. I was reading in Ruth this week. You know the story of Ruth and Naomi. And, and Ruth needs a redeemer. She needs a kinsman redeemer. She needs somebody to rescue her and deliver her from slavery. And, and, and Naomi, her mother-in-law, says, go to Boaz He's your kinsman redeemer and and remain at his feet overnight and see if he'll redeem you. Turn over to Ruth chapter 3. Ruth is right around Judges. If you you can find Judges in the front of your Bible, Ruth is right there around that place. I just want to read you what what they tell Ruth to do. Ruth chapter 3, verse 12. And now it is true that I'm a redeemer. This is Boaz speaking. Yet there is a redeemer nearer than I. Remain tonight and in the morning he will redeem you. If he will redeem you, good, let him do it. But if he is not willing to redeem you, then as the Lord lives, I will redeem you. Lie down until the morning. So she lay at his feet till morning. It's interesting. Boaz is supposed to be a picture of Christ. And Boaz says to her, it's true that I'm a redeemer. And that word redeemer, it means uh, avenger. It means uh, one who uh, will deliver, one who is able to redeem, one who uh, will rescue and redeem one's kins from difficulty or danger by the payment of a price. Oh, I love it. He says there's a closer redeemer. And if he is not willing to redeem you, I will. Remain, and that word is loon. It means that temporary lodge. Remain here tonight. And in the morning, if he will redeem you, good. But if he's not willing, then I will. And as I tore that scripture apart this week, I thought it was interesting that the, the, the Redeemer says, remain here tonight, abide here, lodge here at my feet tonight. Tonight, that word night, it means darkness, gloom. It's a picture of, uh, of a difficult time in our life, of a dark time in our life. And he says, you're, you're in this time right now, this difficult place, this night time, and you just stay here, you remain here, you abide at my feet in my presence, and I will redeem you. But it's interesting that Boaz says there's, a, there's another redeemer who's closest, and if 
He doesn't want to do it. And that word want there, it means if he doesn't delight in doing it, if he doesn't take pleasure in doing it, I will. And when morning comes, you see, morning is the end of the night. (laughs) It's the daybreak. Lord, help me with this. He says, when morning comes, I'll redeem you. I'll buy this back. I'll deliver you. I will avenge you. And as I read that this week, I was thinking about my life and what I'm going through right now and how I want vengeance and sometimes I want to take it myself. I know that you're really spiritual and that nobody here ever wants to get vengeance themselves. I know that none of you disobey God and I know that you are quick to forgive and that you don't hold a grudge and that you don't ever do anything that you wish you hadn't done, but sometimes I do. And let me tell you that when I do those things, I'm miserable. I'm not a nice person when I do that. And I really hate who I become, but somehow I justify it by saying, I was done dirty, I have a right to do this. But God says, Rhea, if you can just dwell in the shelter of my protection, If you just remain there, Rhea, instead of darting in and out, I want to do it my way. No, I'll do it your way. I want to do it my way. No, I'll do it your way. You see, here, remaining, abiding in his way, doing things his way, walking in obedience to him, I have a place of protection. I have a place of safety. I have a place of security, a place of rest. But it's when I dart out of his presence, out of his protection, out of his shelter, that that the storm really rages in my life and I'm miserable and I'm not a lot of fun to be around and I really don't have any rest and I don't feel secure and I don't feel safe. And this week when I read that, where, where Boaz, the picture of Christ, says, remain at my feet During the night, Rhea. You see, Boaz was saying, Ruth, it's too dangerous for you to travel at night. Don't go out because the roads are dangerous at night. I don't want you hurt. I want to save you from danger. And so just stay here at my feet. Wait out the night at my feet. And then in the morning, you'll see I'm your redeemer. You'll see I'm the one who will deliver you from this. But you got to remain, Ruth. You got to stay at my feet till the danger passes. This week, he said to me, Rhea, he who dwells in the shelter of the most high, will rest, will abide, will remain in the shadow and the safety and the protection and the security of my presence. But you insist, Rhea, on trying to do it your way and and trying to deal with things your way, letting your flesh have its way. But if you just remain, if you walk in obedience to my word, you see the word says in John, it says, if you abide in my word and my word abides in you, turn over to John 15, and I promise I'm closing, but turn over to John 15, because this just fleshes it all out. John 15, he says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me, I want you to notice he says every branch in me. He's talking about believers here because you're in him. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, and that word fruit means effect, it means a result, it means a work, a deed, it means profit. Every branch in me that doesn't have a good effect, a good result, that doesn't bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. 
as the branch itself cannot bear fruit in itself unless it abides in the vine. You see, you can't bear fruit unless you abide in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you're the branches. He who abides, who remains, that's that word, in me, and I in him bears much fruit. You see, Rhea, as long as you abide in me, as long as you remain in the shelter of the Most High, you're going to bear some good fruit. But without me, the word says, you can do nothing. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit so that you will be my disciples. You see, as I spend time in his presence, as I abide, as this word says, in him, in the vine, it affects me, it changes me. There's a result that happens from abiding in the vine, by abiding in his presence, by remaining in the shelter of the Most High. And he says, you can't abide, you can't bear fruit unless you abide in me. You see, this is not, hear me say, This is not about relationship. Lord, help me to flesh this out. This isn't, I'm not talking to you about relationship. Oh, it's important that you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you don't know him as your Lord and Savior, I'm begging you to make that choice tonight. We can't keep living like that doesn't matter. Do you understand that, sweet Caitlin? In one moment's time, in one second time, everything changed in her precious life. That could be you tomorrow. Are you ready for that? Are you ready for that? I'm just asking you, do you know Jesus? Because if you don't, I'm begging you to come to that place of knowledge of him, to come to that place of surrendering your life to him because this world is not your home. You're just passing through this world to get to the next one. And that next one is heaven or hell. You decide where that's going to be. But I promise you, he's not messing around. He has given you a chance to receive him as, his, as your Lord and Savior. It is a free gift. You don't work for it. You're saved by grace and not by works. It's a work of grace, and nothing can change that. When you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it's a work of grace. You can't be good enough for that. It's a gift. So I'm not talking to you about relationship. Psalm 91 isn't about relationship. It's about fellowship. You see, there's a difference. My husband is here, and we are intimate. He, I am in relationship with him. He's my man. But if all Dave and I did were share a relationship, uh, if a wedding band was on our hand signifying relationship, he's my husband, we're in relationship, but he came home at night and I was like, hey Dave, and I went and did my own thing and we didn't talk and we didn't converse and we did not spend time together, we might still have relationship, dear one, but we will not have fellowship. We will not have intimacy. See, that's what's wrong with 95% of marriages today is you're in relationship, but you don't know the first thing about intimacy. You don't know the first thing about fellowship. That's what I'm talking about here. Not relationship. You are a child of God. No ifs, ands, or buts. We're not talking about your judicial uh, position with God. You are saved by grace. You are justified. It's as if you've never sinned. Nothing can change that. 
But here's what I want to talk to you about. I want to call you up higher. Psalm 91 is calling you up higher. It's saying, don't just be satisfied with relationship. There is a place of safety. There is a place of of security. There's a place of rest. Oh, church, we need to find a place of rest. Can I tell you, as long as I'm doing it, it's Rhea's way and waving to God saying, I'm your child. Rock on with your bad self. We're tight, but I'm not doing what he tells me to do. I'm not applying his word to my life and abiding in his word and letting it abide in me. There's no place of rest. There's no place of security. There's no feeling of safety. You see, in that shelter, in his presence, in a place where I'm abiding in his word and he is abiding in me, where we are walking in intimacy and relationship, it doesn't matter about the storms. It doesn't matter what somebody does or doesn't do to me. It doesn't matter how painful my life is because I got a place where I can run for cover. And in that place, in that place, when I remain there and I say, Lord, I am remaining in obedience to you. I am remaining in your word. I'm going to do what your word says regardless of how whoever treats me the way they do. They will not get me to come out from cover because when I'm out from cover, it is miserable and the enemy has a free shot at my life. But when I am under the shelter of the Most High, walking in obedience to you, doing what your word says to do, remaining in you, I do that by remaining in his word, walking in obedience to him. Oh, it's a place of safety. You can do whatever you want to me. You can say whatever you want. You can treat me however you want, but I'm undercover. And he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will remain secure secure and safe in the presence of the Almighty. Remain at my feet, Rhea, till the night passes. See, some of you are in the nighttime. You're in a a painful time right now. You're in a trying time right now. There's a storm in your life. And you're trying to deal with the effects instead of simply running for cover. Maybe somebody did you dirty. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe you got a bad health report. Maybe your spouse left you. And you want to get even. Or you're full of depression and despair and hopelessness. Run for cover. Remain at his feet till the night passes. Because he is your redeemer. He's your avenger. He's your deliverer. He is your answer. He's the all-sufficient one. And you can't find that in anybody else. I don't care how good your job is. I don't care how great your marriage is. I don't care how faithful your friends are. I I don't care care how, how effective your drugs are. I don't care how numb you can get yourself. I promise you there is no other answer except running for cover. He is your only safe place. And I'm telling you, I experienced it. I lived it. I, 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 
that Sunday morning, I felt security like I've never felt it before. I felt safety like I've never experienced it before. But most of all, I knew that I was loved. You see, when you know that you're loved, well, when I know that I'm loved by Davy, I can wear my hair down. I don't have to have any makeup on. I can be in my sweatpants. I can be looking shabby as can be, but I'm safe there. I know he's not going to leave me. I know that he, he's going to protect me. I know that, that he is it's not going to change his love for me. I can be me and I'm safe. Are you with me? And you see, that's God. I don't care what you've done, dear one. I don't care how bad you've been. I don't care what's been done to you. I don't care how many regrets you have or how many mistakes you made. The Bible says that there's absolutely nothing, not one little thing that could ever separate you from the love of God. Do you know how much you're loved? You see, if you understood how much you were loved by God, you'd stop trying to be loved by other people. The fact that I know that I'm loved by him, deeply loved by him. Karis, you know you're loved by God. That I'm so loved by God that it doesn't matter if Karis loves me or not. She can be mean to me and I can love her because I know I am secure in him. He's my everything. He's the all-sufficient one for me. I don't need it from anybody else. My expectations of other people can diminish because my hope is in him, the one who does not disappoint. But I need to run to him for what I need. I need to run for cover, take shelter in him. Can I tell you, I tried this. It works. When I say, Lord, you're all I need. You're all that I need. You're my defender. You're my advocate. You're my provider. You're my protector. You're my lover. You're my healer. And when I'm looking to him for those things, what I'm getting here doesn't matter. And I'm free to love. And I'm free to diminish my expectations of those around me. See, some of you are in hard marriages. And you're just going around the same block all the time. I'm ripped off. I got done dirty. I got the raw end of the deal. I just want to leave. I want out of here. I want this pain to stop. Run for cover. Find what you need in Jesus. Don't leave that shelter till you have everything you need. And then go out and let him disappoint you because God won't. And then you're free to love that spouse that's hard to love because you're not looking for anything from them. You're getting what you need in the shelter of the all-sufficient one. Are you just, have I lost y'all? Is it good stuff or what? He's a shelter. He's a hiding place. He's your security and your protection. And so, Father, I thank you that that's who you are. That you are the most high, God. That you are everything we have need of. Lord, I love the setup that, that you actually are happy when other people disappoint us. Because you never wanted us to put our hope in them anyway. Lord, I pray for revelation. Lord, that, that each person here tonight would realize that you are the only one who doesn't disappoint. 
that those who hope in you will never be disappointed, that you will be everything you say you'll be, that you are the great I am, Lord, that you are the all-sufficient one, that everything we need, everything we want, everything we ever could use can only be found in you. So, Father, direct our gaze back to you. Teach, teach us what it means to truly abide, to remain in you, and to not dart in and out, to let it be a permanent place that we dwell instead of a place that we just lodge overnight, and we duck in and out of that place of peace. We duck in and out of that place of, uh, of fear. Lord, I fear one moment, I'm at peace the next. I have joy one moment, I'm full of hatred the next. We're ducking in and out, Lord, instead of remaining. And the protection of your presence and the protection of your word, Lord. Increase our intimacy with you, Lord. Increase our knowledge of the holy. Give us a hunger and a thirst after righteousness, Lord. Hearts that are set on pleasing you. walking in close fellowship with you and with your word. There is no better way, Lord. Teach us that, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the teaching ministry of Rhea Briscoe, a division of Snowdrop Ministries. For more information about RIA or how to connect with Snowdrop Ministries, please visit our website at www.snowdropministries.com or you can call 414-581-8150. We pray you are both encouraged and challenged to go deeper and grow stronger in your walk with Christ.